heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you can find anywhere. And I'm talking to you following the Green Bay Packers 42-24 to loss to the Washington Redskins on Sunday night, which has effectively ended the season. This is going to be a brief post-game podcast. My good friend and colleague from Packer Report, Keith Rordink, will join me on Monday morning for a more in-depth podcast. So, hey, there's something to be thankful for on Thanksgiving week. You'll have not one, but two Locked On Packers post-game editions. So, if listening to this podcast isn't bad enough, then by God, come back later on Monday and we'll have some more great Packers talk. Here's some great numbers for you. The Redskins, 515 yards. Remember when you think the Packers defense can't get worse? Well, by God, it did. 515 yards. This is the second time since at least 1940 in which the Packers allowed 515 yards and didn't force a turnover. So just a miserable game. Um, if you take Washington's uh, final drive of the first half all the way up until their take-and-eat drive to end the game, Washington had six possessions. They scored five touchdowns and kicked a field goal. Well, at least they made him force a field goal, right? So <laughs> I guess it could have been worse, but another terrible performance. And if you want more gruesomeness, and I have lots of gruesomeness, if you go to uh, packreport.com, and if you're a member, check out my post-game numbers piece. 20 numbers there, as always. A lot of historical perspective on, on what went down last night. Packers are going to 40 points in back-to-back games and 30 points in four consecutive games. You have to go all the way back to the 1950s to find that kind of defensive ineptitude. I could go on and on and on, but I, I want to get into one thing here. Is tonight the night, is, uh, did the season die tonight? Or did it die in week one against Jacksonville when Sam Shields went down with a concussion and that took away the Packers' best corner? Or did it die against Indianapolis a few weeks ago at Lambeau Field, the, the one home game in this 4-5 to five on the road stretch against a winnable against a, uh, a beatable opponent, and they laid an egg. Did it die last night against the Redskins, especially coupled with Minnesota and Detroit winning? Now Green Bay is two games out of first place in the NFC North, six to go. And the way the Packers are playing, I mean, it, it seems almost beyond, uh, beyond the realm of possibility for Green Bay to close this gap. Or... Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst. List. Did the season die in the spring? Did you like that dramatic pause? Well, it's about the only time I'm going to pause tonight because I am really, really, really caffeinated. I'm on, on cup number four since midnight. And I'm talking to you at 2.30 central time. So I am, I am, uh, <laughs> I am going in overdrive here. Um, here's my contention here. I say the season died 
in the spring. Go back to free agency. Green Bay let go of Casey Hayward. And I know a lot of you people out there were not Casey Hayward fans. I know Bob McGinn from the Journal Sentinel was uh, highly critical of Casey on a number of times, calling him a step slow because of injuries and all that. Hayward's picked off five passes for the Chargers. I know interceptions aren't a great stat to prove the worth of a defensive back because you, you can be a guy like you know Josh Norman who doesn't get many interceptions because nobody bothers throwing at him. And you know, speaking of Norman, I think I think the Packers threw two balls at him, and one was a incompletion, and then one was a drop by Adam. So, so again, interceptions are a misleading state at times. But Hayward's got five picks. Green Bay's corners, they've got one one interception from Green Bay's corners. So you lose Hayward. Why did you lose Hayward? Well. First of all, I mean, they, they do have some cap issues, and you can only pay so many guys. But Hayward was a middle-of-the-road kind of contract, so you know they probably could have paid for him. So why didn't they? And this, to me, is why the season has gone down the tubes. I believe Ted Thompson um, was overconfident in his 2015 draft. Remember, go back to that draft, it was Dem- Demarius. Uh, yeah, Demarius Randall in the first round. And Quentin Rounds in the second round. And they, and they had good rookie years. You know, Randall was an all-rookie kind of guy. Faded a bit late. Rounds didn't play much. But when injuries forced him to play late in the year, he was really good. Probably could have had four or five picks if he would have caught him. But, I mean, those guys, those two guys played good football. So, Ted Thompson, let's go of Hayward and Fradency. You know, the Chargers paid him, what, three and a half million a year or whatever it was. So, let's, he lets Hayward go and turns over the cornerback core to Sam Shields, Demarius Randall, Quinton Rollins, and basically bets the season. And I said this back at the time, you cannot bet the season on Sam Shields staying healthy because he's never stayed healthy. And no one saw this coming. He's, he's going to end up playing one game this year. Miss the rest of the year with a concussion. His, his career is probably over. Or I shouldn't say probably. I, I don't know that for sure. I, I would say it's a probably a... The safe money is Sam Shields' career is over. So Ted Thompson bets the season... On Sam Shields, a guy who had never played 16 games. I don't think he'd ever played more than 14. So he bets that he's going to be healthy. And he bets that Demarius Randall and Quentin Rounds are ready to step into primetime roles. And they weren't going to have a sophomore slump. And they were going to turn in from, from solid rookie years into being above average starters. And he bet, not only did he bet on those guys and letting go of Hayward, but he bet on those guys by, he didn't draft anybody. He didn't draft a single corner in this draft. And in fact, the only cornerback of note that they added was Josh Hawkins, the undrafted rookie from wherever the hell he was from. I don't know. One of those Louisiana directional schools. Louisiana Tech, I believe. And that, that is the offseason addition at cornerback is one undrafted rookie. I mean, they brought in a couple guys, a couple no-bonus contracts. But, but I mean... The only noteworthy addition of a guy who actually got a dollar in the offseason is Josh Hawkins. And he made the team, but hasn't played since the uh, Detroit game in Week 3. So again, Thompson, again, there's only so many picks to go around. And he wanted to fortify the line because they got a lot of free agents coming up in this class. Um, he wanted to fortify outside linebackers, so he got Kyler Fackel because you know Nick Perry's a free agent. Julius Peppers is a free agent. Uh, J. Rowan Elliott will be a restricted free agent. Um, 
I feel like I'm missing one, but oh yeah, Dayton Jones. So there's there's a lot of linebackers. So there, there, there's Kyler Fackrell in the third round. Um, the offensive lineman Jason Spriggs in the second round. You, you, BJ Raji retires. So you draft Kenny Clark to the, the D tackle in the first round. So I totally get these picks. Oh, and Blake Martinez in the fourth round. You needed an inside linebacker. You got one. So I get all these draft picks, but he bets the farm on the on the corners. And now look where you're at. You know, you're going to hell in it. You know, to, to go back to our, our church sermon this week, the Packers are going to hell in a handbasket. This season has gone to hell in a handbasket because they have no corners. You know, Randall has missed, was it four in a row for Randall? Four in a row? Five, four in a row and five out of six, I believe. Rollins missed three or four games with his own groin injury. Um, Shields, of course, is going to end up playing about three quarters of a game this season. So Ladarius Country, who's played some dang good football, just gets torched tonight. I mean, he's not playing. I mean, he's, you know, if everyone's healthy, Shields is number one, Randall's number two, and maybe it's Quentin Rollins and Ladarius Gunter as a co-number three. Otherwise, it's, it's Rollins as number three, and Gunter's number four and barely playing or not playing at all. But instead, Gunter is your new number one corner. Here's a guy who may or may not have been playing. He's now your number one corner. Your number two corner is Rollins. He's just been awful. You know what? I came here this year thinking, you know what? Randall's a pretty good player, but I, got, I think Rollins could be the better prospect here. Well, he's been awful. You know, maybe the injuries got him, you know, derailed his development, whatever it is. He stunk. And then your number three corner, the guy in the slot's been Micah Hyde, who's your number three safety in a perfect world. But he's he's all these guys are playing roles that they should not be playing. And this is what happens when you bet the farm on a few guys, and and, and none of these guys pan out, and, and he didn't add anybody, and then. To make matters worse, Ted Thompson hasn't done a damn thing to help. You know, again, I have, have largely agreed with Ted Thompson's philosophy. I have defended him like crazy to fans who get pissed off every March when he sits out for agency and accuse him of, you know, pocketing the unused cap money. And I, I you know, I've defended him at every turn saying, hey, you know what, for every free agent you sign that's one of your own you're not signing, and there's, you know, generally overpaying for veteran free agents because there, there are so few good ones who get to the market. And people don't want to hear it. Well, that's fine. But I defended that part of free agency. But this is, this is insane what he done. You know, Dom Capers is getting roasted week after week after week on Twitter. He's, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to get fired. Hell, the whole damn coaching staff might get fired at this rate. But this all falls on Thompson, right? You know, I'm not saying, and we've gone over this before, so part of my repetitiveness. I'm not saying that Dominic Rogers Cromartie and Brandon Browner, the, the two quote-unquote big-name free agent corners, are any good. I mean, there's a reason that we are 11 weeks through this season, and they're unemployed, and they haven't played a down this entire season. There's a reason for that. They're not any good. But are they better than Darius Gunter? Are they better than having to play Micah Hyde out of position? Are they better than at times having to play Dimitri Goodson? You know, if you're going to expect Dom Capers to run his defense and his defenses go blitz the hell out of the quarterback and expect your corners to win, then you help the defensive coordinator. You're not helping him. You're setting him up to fail. And they have set Dom Capers up to fail this year 
but not having any corners worth a crap. They do not have, the, I mean, they're, you know, again, Gunter's played some good ball. You know, Rollins played good ball last year. But they've been awful this year. Well, Gunter hasn't been, but as a whole, you know, just speaking generally and lumping them all into one group, this is, that's the way to go here. Lumping this all into one group, the corners have been awful. You go back from 2009 through 15, Green Bay was number one in the NFL in opponent quarterback rating. Num- actually, number two, Cincinnati was one. Cincinnati won, Green Bay two in opponent quarterback rating. Heading into Sunday, Green Bay was 29th. And after Cousins had a pass rating of 145 tonight, you know, Green Bay's going to be 30th. Hell, they might be last. So you're going to go from number two over a seven-year span to hell, you're going to be next to last, last, somewhere in that area. It's because your corners, again, lumping them all into one group, your corners suck. And your, and your GM, who finally actually got a running back brought in here, but he's done nothing to help. Nothing. I mean, he hasn't even worked out Ryder's Camardi. He hasn't even worked out uh, Brandon Browner. He hasn't worked out any veteran corners. And they've, again, it's, I'm sorry to repeat myself here, but you can't expect a coach who's been a blitz-heavy scheme for 30-some years in, in this league to adjust to not having any corners. He, this is, to me, this is all Ted Thompson's fault. Why they've given up 37 points the last four games because opponents have figured out, well, screw it, we're going to throw the football and 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 beat them that way. And here we are, Green Bay is four and six. You know, see what you want about the, the 2011 pass defense. They, they gave up a, a gazillion yards, and that's an official staff, by the way, a gazillion. They gave up a gazillion yards in 2011, but they intercepted like 30 passes too. These guys have picked off seven and only one by a corner. So, look, the season is over, and it'll probably be officially be over when they lose to the Eagles on Monday because Minnesota plays Detroit, so one of these teams is going to win on Thanksgiving. So one of those teams will have seven wins, and chances are Green Bay is going to have seven losses. And that's it. The season is over. And you know what? Dom Capers might pay the price for this. Hell, Mike McCarthy might pay the price for this. But at the end of the day, the uh, obituary for this season has to have Ted Thompson as the first two words. All right, that'll do it for this abbreviated episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network and check me out over at PackerReport.com. The post-game numbers priest, priceless. And if you want some good news, check out my uh, the free part of my World's Best Preview. It's on David Bakhtiari, who played a really good game on Sunday. But I talked to him on Thursday. Um, at Thursday's practice, Bakhtiari looked, the little bit that we got to saw, he didn't look very good. And I would, at that point, I was uh, kind of torn. I, I thought there's a chance that he wouldn't play. And I asked him, why are you doing this? I mean, and this is kind of an appreciation piece, but, you know, TJ Langston and other guys, you know, guys across the league do this. But, you know, he's out there limping around. No, nobody would think badly of him if he took a week off to, to heal, or at least took the week off of practice to heal. But he practiced, he played, played well. You know, his insight on why he does it, I think, was really, really cool. And, again, it's a free story over at PackReport.com. So if you're you're looking for some upbeat Packers stuff, check that out. And if you want down-the-dump stuff, check out my most post-game numbers piece. And there's a whole bunch of uh, videos posted that are courtesy of the NFL. So, once again, thank you, as always, for listening. And I will talk to you with Keith Roerdink later today.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.